Welcome back to I Swear This Will Make Sense. Good morning, Spirit Rising. Love, Mom. This is your co-host, Angie. <laughs> and uh, I am... <laughs> Spirit Rising. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the right. greeting from today. Good morning, Spirit Rising. So that's a, that's, a, that's a bit of a vague one. It's not particularly like directed at any one person, but I like the energy that it has. It's so that's very... the one that we're going with. Very momentous energy. I I picture like an eagle flying over a lake. Yeah, the yeah, setting, something so spiraling into the sky. It's nice. It's very visual. <laughs> I am your other co-host, Sean, and uh, um, I am the film bro minus the bro part. <laughs> you are just. That's the how film. I'm choosing to introduce myself today. I'm just film. <laughs> I am film. You I are am film. <laughs> this is cinema. This is cinema this right is now. Cinema. This is what's happening in cinema right, right now. Right now? Here Did you know is. that in cinema, cinematically speaking... <laughs> it's you. Um, in case you haven't guessed by uh, our, our little chat on cinema and uh, the title of this episode, since you clicked on it to listen to it, uh, today we are talking about film. And a fun little thing for all of our listeners, uh, this episode, episode on film, uh, is episode 11 out of 12 of season one of I Swear This Will Make Sense. Uh, Our next episode will be our season finale, and then we will get started on season two. And honestly, I can't believe that we've, we've, like, done a whole season. It doesn't even feel like it's been that long, Uh, but it's been... A very fun time, and I'm excited to uh, to ramp up to season two. Um, our season finale um, should should I reveal the topic of our season finale, Sean, or should I leave the people to their mystery? I think you should give it a little reveal. Okay, we'll give it a little reveal. Well, uh, our final episode of season one of I Swear This Will Make Sense will be on art school. Last week's episode, we uh, talked about music, which is, as you know, Sean's course of study. Um, and something that Sean is very passionate about. And this week we're talking about film, which is something that I am very passionate about. Obviously, it's my major. It's my profession. It's a lot about me. <laughs> mm. um, and since we're both in school for these passions, our next episode will be talking about art school and our experience um, being in university for an artistic profession. And we're just going to be diving into all of that. That's a topic that was suggested, um, I believe, before we even started our first episode. So yeah, we are... Really- um, early on suggestion yeah exactly like this has been uh been a a wanted episode for some time so uh we're excited to finally deliver on that um yeah i'm i'm excited for that can you believe it's already been a whole season i can't i didn't even know there were seasons to podcasts so surprise Um, oh speaking of the previous episode i want to issue a little uh caveat I oh, a caveat. ended up sort of the way I talked about country music, sort of, yeah. I ended up lumping it all into one thing. I, I sort of implied all country music was a bastardization of folk music. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> um, I really just meant which country music in particular, new, like bro country that's, that's made to be marketed. Trucks. Um, country music yeah. history and folks music history are, are two different things. And I, I love a lot of country music. I just want to. Uh, clarify that in the last episode um i'm i still love the dixie chicks uh, oh i, I forgot all dixie about the dixie chicks, chicks. i yeah. love the dixie yeah, chicks you want to talk about cancel culture wait <laughs> they, what do you they, mean what happened they said something well they insulted sort of george w bush and then got um oh, a bunch of their albums destroyed and got a boycott but um that i was, did not know that you never hear about that yeah no that's they real didn't cover that right there. My, it's my going against the establishment that's real country 
Um, I love that. We could do a whole essay on that. Let's let's get into <laughs> film though. I Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're gonna talk about film today. Um film is my major, uh, as you know from our first episode where we uh, introduced ourselves and, and talked about uh, who we are. Uh, I study film production at York University and I'll be going into my third year uh in the fall. Um film is everything everything that I love. <laughs> it's a really big part of my life. Uh, I'm going to be making my second directorial attempt at a narrative short film uh, in the winter of 2022, mm. which is very exciting and very nerve-wracking, so stay tuned for that. Um, I also feel like today is a really good day to be recording this particular topic uh, because yesterday, the 20th of June, um, my animated short film, Houseplant, uh, was featured in Breakthroughs International Film Festival, which is a film festival devoted uh, strictly to uh, female and non-binary filmmakers. And it was an awesome festival. I was in a program called In My Body with some really, really talented people. Um, and that was just so exciting. And today uh, is the start of a one-week run of my narrative short film, Learning Curve, that I uh, produced this past winter. So, bit of a back-to-back festival thing, which ends up being perfect, because these two films, Houseplant and Learning Curve, uh, were both films that Sean composed and uh, scored. So, yes, I did the this music. works out perfectly. After we finish the music episode and we're going on to the film episode, it's just the perfect marriage I'm I'm excited and um it's it's really cool that both of us work so hard on these pieces and they're just getting back to back recognition. So good mm. for us. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause for us. Um, actually, could we quickly dive into it just with your opinion on music yeah. and film and its sure. role? Because that sort of really does combine what we were just talking about. Um, yeah. I'm sure I, I'm you know I have my opinions on it, but I'm interested to hear from the filmmaker's perspective the um, the role that you believe the role of music and film should be or can be. Ooh. That's a really interesting question. I I don't remember who it was that um I, I must have had like a film professor at some point tell me that um what's on screen, what's visually represented in film is information and the sound is emotion. And I don't necessarily agree with that claim in full, but I think it's an interesting perspective to take. Um, Mm. I do agree with the perspective that score and music in film particularly is a big part of what drives the audience's emotion. Like, if you think about a scene in a movie that um, is, is heartfelt or sad or heartbreaking... Um, the score that pairs with that is going to heighten that emotion. So I always kind of see it as not necessarily something that like directs the audience in one way or the other emotionally, but um, complements and heightens what the filmmaker is seeking to achieve emotionally. So, so I've always seen it as course, kind of a couple. Ideally, here, not yeah, exactly. Like I, what I happens, mean, but ideally, that's how it should function. Yeah, I think that's the that's kind of um, when when I'm scoring or like working with you scoring films that's what i'm after doing um and then there's also like a thematic uh aspect to it as well so when we were working on the score for learning curve you had the idea to produce a motif for each character so there was a sand motif and a sloan motif um and there was these amazing i mean i'm sure you could talk about it in a lot more detail and a lot more uh confidently than i could but um the way that a score allows for 
you to kind of follow a character and and um and understand their growth is really cool um of course as you said like this is all ideal um but music and film like i think in general plays a really big role and when films don't have music or some kind of score or some kind of like audio work i think it has to be like a really deliberate choice to go that route do you know what i mean yeah actually i think um but i do think music and film is a perfect example of sort of the things i want to talk to you about with film uh, yeah. cuz you were talking ideally about how it's it's used and i think what i find at least what i notice more as a as a musician as a composer when i watch films mm. is how many moments are wasted because of yeah we've talked about this a few times sort of i guess fill in the blanks music right as in Mm -hmm. color paint by numbers um music of it's sad so yeah when music is kind of used to like fulfill an expectation of what Mm. the scene is supposed to be rather than actually like trying so i think actually it's a very good example of uh what some people and i want to i want to know your take on this believe is is the problem with a lot of especially high budget cinema um, or even can it be called cinema the way movies are currently being produced? Very, you know, well-known movies are being produced. There is the famous and very controversial Scorsese um, interview in which he believed that Marvel movies aren't cinema because there's no possibility of them failing. It's too big to fail. There's no challenge. There's no, mm. you know, heart to them. I Obviously, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that was quite a controversial thing to say. And yeah, some I remember people were hearing furious, that. furious yeah. at it. And some people said, well, you know, maybe it was disrespectful, but is he wrong? So I want to know your take in terms of do you think um, currently a lot of film practices in, in like big budget movies are cheapening the art in some way? I wouldn't say that they're that they're cheapening the art to me. Like, in in general, movies are movies. I think different people get different amounts of joy um, and get different amounts of inspiration from different movies. So I can't say, like, what is good and what is bad. I can't... It's not really fair for me to make a distinction of what is, you know, quote, cinema and what isn't. Especially because for me, my definition of cinema is broad. I, I don't think it, like, whittles down to anything particular. I don't think it has a lot of, like, qualifications. Um, I don't, I don't think today's cinema practices are cheapening the process at all. I think I'm, I'm, I'm saddened by how it's become, like, you know, I was about to say, like, I'm, I'm saddened by how much it's become, like, a business and just kind of something that's done for profit, but that's almost always been what it is ever since it became, like, a commercial industry, so it's not really fair for me to say that at all. I think, in general, people who are making big budget movies and taking part in, in, in these art forms are really just trying to innovate and move forward and keep going and do what's new. Um, and, and cinema has always been very good at that. It's always been very good at moving with the time. So I'm, I'm not going to condemn those practices in any way because I think, you know, they're just trying mm-hmm. their best to, to keep I, people entertained. But I think it goes back to one of our earlier episodes where I'm not asking you for the objective take. I'm saying, putting all that aside... Your own no, that's what I think. Your own emotional response to film is based in being fair. No, my there emotional films response to film is based off the film others, itself. Right? Of like, course, and there are of films course. that you would believe in some way you can measure or or describe why they're better than other films to you. So that's sort of what I'm asking. Do you think some of these processes 
oh, are denying people the saying. opportunity to have new because there are big budget films that still push the art forward in ways that yeah new ones don't you know for example there were a bunch of i mean especially if you're films. talking about like technical things right right but around hitchcock's time you know to bring up yeah. just a, a giant of the industry right <laughs> he did a lot of he had huge budgets for a bunch you of his films hitchcock, but so there were other films at the time that have not lasted as long that someone would have said the exact same thing and given it even a bigger budget that were just sort of to fill in a space to make money that yeah as you're saying it's always been the case but there's a reason those movies aren't the ones you study in class so i'm wondering Mm. how much do you think these practices are not going to last how much do you think do you know what i mean when you say these practices what do you mean so uh for example Mm -hmm. with marvel uh, is a great great example. So the use of one franchise and then telling the same sort of story over and over again. Um, you know, we had that with TV shows for a while. Now we have uh, branching out parts of one expanded universe. That's a new mm-hmm. thing. But a lot of now... Uh, the, the comic book industry is now a huge part of the film industry, for example. Very true. Very true. Right. So the use of things outside of film being the main source in a lot of ways now there's always been a lot of that there's been a lot of plays that were made into films books that were made into films that are now considered classic films you Mm -hmm. know um there so it's not unprecedented but um you know the use of a pretty well-known roster of actors just the sort of um things that would cause someone like scorsese to say it isn't cinema i'm not saying i necessarily know how i feel about it but i'm I'm wondering how you feel about film's future as a medium because it is one of those mediums that is constantly evolving and being consumed in different ways all the time so do yeah. you think these combinations yeah, leads to a future that you're personally excited for whether or not you believe it's fair um there yeah, are you know, I upsides s- and downsides to these things even if you don't even if you respect them it's more about what I just want to know what you're excited about or not excited about. I mean, I think in terms of commercial cinema, it will always go in kind of its own direction. Do you know what I mean? Like it will always kind of be after what's new, what's interesting, what will sell. Um, and that's fine with me. I'm I'm not particularly excited by that. Not to say that it's it's bad in any way, just that's not really what gets me excited and, and um, like what I look forward to with film. Um, I think what I'm looking forward to is just seeing the next generation. And by next generation, I mean the generation that I'm in. Hi. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the next generation of stories. The people that I've been working with at York are like seriously some of the most talented people. I, I, I am astonished by the things that they have to say. So... I'm excited to see those stories get told and I don't know exactly how they're going to, you know, come to fruition. But what excites me about the future of film is people who are kind of in my pool of creators. I'm excited to see what they do. I know that's such like a generic response, but that's, that's, I just like, it makes me happy. Well, so, me really see that, yeah, but that was sort of what I was asking, right? Not the... Mm-hmm diplomatic response but you know I no think that's, that's genuinely I think how that's, i feel that's an important part is that you sort of group a lot of of movies right now into this commercial cinema you know commercial film and then 
this other world, this more, I guess, local world too. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, do you think the trends of, of larger film studios um, are affecting the way people make films right now? Uh, or I, I mean, they're always of course are, they are. But in which, yeah. in, how do you see that? Do you think you're getting an inverse reaction that people try and go away from oh, the trends of those? those? Or do you think, or even just personally yourself, because I, I would say it seems as though you don't have um, a reaction of trying to take from those because you're grouping them away from what you're doing. That's what I'm asking. So I, why? I do kind of group them away from what I'm doing. I think a lot of that comes down to um, resources. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have the the money, the technology. I don't have the means to do a lot of what commercial cinema does. I'm a student. I'm in third year. You know what I mean? Like I'm just getting started. Um, so a lot of the reason why I don't group myself with like commercial cinema is because I, you know, I'm like a kid from an art school in Canada, but also just because it comes down to resource. So I don't really take a lot of inspiration from like really big budget commercial cinema because I know that there's really not much for me to take that I can actually achieve. So I kind of have to look in my own corner and think, well, what are people around me doing and how can I take inspiration from them? Because that inspiration is more achievable. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't make a Marvel movie. And if I wanted to, it would take me so long to get to that point that I would be, you know, I, I need to be doing what I can do now and just focusing on that. Does that answer your question at all? Yeah, no. But <laughs> l- let me challenge you on that a little bit. Okay. You don't have the budget to do anything Hitchcock did either. You're still studying him. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So either I things guess that so. are achievable within that, just how you frame a scene. You don't have to have the Hulk in a scene to use the framing of a... Oh, you mean artistically. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you're grouping them away from what you're doing, is is the only line the resources? I mean, how much... That, that's sort of what I'm asking. Again, I'm not trying to... I think that's to, just the main point that I go to. I just go to resources But that's the main reason? Right yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And, like, in general, when I'm I'm looking for, like, artistic inspiration, it comes from a myriad of different sources. It comes from not even just film. It comes from... Um, like painting artwork it comes from speech it comes from politics um, and that comes right down to the framing it comes to the script so like I don't know in in terms of me pulling from the commercial um, you know Hollywood whatever you want to call it the 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 film industry the big budget film industry um, of course I'm affected by it just as much as anybody else but I'm kind of keeping my eye closer to what's around me um, just because that's what's worked out best for me so far. So would you, you know say I mean? you take a very practical approach to filmmaking? Then? Yeah, it's really it's really down to earth. It's really grounded um, because I like simplicity and I like keeping my cards close to my chest and and doing what I know I can pull off and pull off well. Mm. Uh, that's not to say I don't like challenging myself, but that's that's just what works. All right. Yeah. All right. I think we should take a quick break and we will be right back. discussing films still 
somehow. Woo! Um, somehow. Turns we out there's so it. much to say here. Uh, <laughs> it's a who broad knew? Topic. Who knew there were topics to discuss? Someone should did do you know a that, podcast did you know about that, that. Human beings discuss. We don't. Let's discuss. Not me. <laughs> um, so what I, was, what I was also trying to ask you with that earlier question was, mm. you know, for a point of comparison, what is it about film that you specifically love? You know, the I'm really so specific, very um, sometimes even niche interests, things that film does for you that you're sure might yeah. be universal, but also the things I wonder that you think are in some way unique to you, even if they aren't? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. I mean, I've I've said for a little while now that cinema was and is my first love. Um, that sounds so pretentious and stupid, but it's true. It really, really is. Um, yeah, in terms of the film three that I love... different cigarettes. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> a, a different length of cigarette holder. Cinema, it is my first love. I just... <laughs> <laughs> the French word for cinema means movie. Le cinema, oui, oui. <laughs> but anyways, like that, I that sentence is very true. Um, the the movies that I love, um, are kind of all over the place. Um, I'm a really big fan of silent animation, especially from Canada in the 50s and 60s. Norma McLaren, that kind of brand mm. of animation inspires me a lot that's that's how um i kind of wanted to teach myself to animate and a big part of houseplant as well um i like indie features and uh pretty much what gravitates me towards movies as a whole uh at least on surface level is really visually striking movies um and that can kind of take me to a bunch of different realms short films feature films foreign films whatever experimental narrative um, I cover a lot of ground and I, I just, I love film in general. So I'm, I'm never afraid to kind of look in weird, uh, maybe unconventional places and just find things that I like. Um, what strikes me about film to me that this is, um, I guess more of a general thing. I think this is something that appeals to a lot of filmmakers. Um, in my opinion, film is the most veritable, the most effective way, um, to tell a story. Uh, there's just so many like means of the art form. There's so many different variations that I think that everyone can speak out um, and be able to work with specifically their own voice. So to me, film is the best way to say exactly what you want to say, exactly how you want to say it. I think film can do anything. Um, and that's kind of what makes it so magic to me. Hmm. Um, a little more specific... A lot of people say that filmmakers are in the business of make-believe. That's a very common quote. You get that a lot when you're in, yeah. when you go to university for this stuff. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe that because I feel like for me, I'm in the business of making little tiny realities. Just these little marble worlds that has its own inner workings, its own dynamics, its own characters, and you as the filmmaker get to facilitate that world and you get to create it and, and populate it and fill it up with um, like ideas and rules and that's just so magical to me. Like the fact that film outlives its creator most of the time um, for years and years and years and exists as a concept and then exists as a thing and, and almost, I mean, in cases of like physical film, a tangible thing um, is what really strikes me. So 
generally, I like film because it's veritable and effective, and you can say what you need to say, convey a message in a way that is is specific and precise and visual. Um, and generally, uh, excuse me, specifically, I like that I can create little pocket realities that um, contain its own characters and its own inner workings. It's just really, really cool. I mean, how many jobs get to do that? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I really hope that made sense. You, no, no, the closest you'd get. <laughs> I, sw- I swear. No, 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 no. It makes complete sense. Uh, what you, it's also very similar to um, writers. Um, yeah, which, yeah, which definitely. Which explains why so many books are, are made into film. Because I'm sure a lot of what you um, have said could be applied to, to writing novels or that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. But, and I mean, a lot of it can be applied to, to film writing as well, like screenwriting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. screenwriting is... is such a an art because of that um but i i'm interested to know uh just the role i, I know i said the role of music earlier but i'm also interested because you talk about visually striking films mm-hmm. um what is the first for you you're making a film not this isn't yeah. what you know what do you think everyone should do this isn't i'm universal. closing my eyes and i'm i'm pick i'm visualizing but you're making a scene Right, you have a yeah. scene written. You think it's it, mm-hmm. the way it needs to go. What is the first, most important part of the visual for you of the scene before anything else? Storyboarding. <laughs> Storyboarding. Okay. Storyboarding. And Storyboarding. why? Because, well, I mean, when I'm like when I'm planning a scene to shoot, and I have the script written, and I like I know what I have to do. Um, I need to figure out the technical aspect of shooting it before I can get into any of the fun shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I need to know exactly what kind of coverage I need to get. I know exactly who needs to be on camera and when. Um, I mean, this I'm not saying anything new here. This is like super basic filmmaking. Mm. But um, storyboarding helps me think about um, what I'm going to film, how much coverage I need to get, what I'm going to be filming in the scene, what shots I need to get. Um, but... Once you've got that down, part of storyboarding is also thinking about how you want your framing to look. Right. So that's what um, I'm talking about. When you get into about. more advanced storyboarding, you have to think about lighting. Um, so how do you? So once how do you I figure out all the basics. Storyboarding, though, when you start doing a storyboard, like where is your focus? Where is your focus of what needs to be put down before anything else that needs right, to maintain right. itself through the process? When I'm storyboarding, the first thing that needs to happen is is structure like i said it just needs to be what needs to be shot when where who needs to be in it what's the framing gonna look like super basic stuff and then when i can get into the more artistic stuff um that really depends it depends on the film i think about what i want it to look like uh some of it comes with where we're thinking of shooting who the actor is um i don't know can you repeat the question? Well, I guess I'm, I'm asking <laughs> the specifics. You brushed over the visual, what it looks like. That's the question. You know, in terms of what, do you mean? what is the most important part of what it looks like to you? Because the storyboard, this is where it becomes film rather than just writing. Right. I'm saying when it comes to the visuals, how do you make your yeah. decisions in terms of color, in terms of movement, framing, you know, what to you is is what you focus on first with just just the visual aspects putting away the practical just artistically Mm -hmm. when you're choosing how to frame a scene for example 
you know, what what is the impetus behind your decisions when framing something more often than not? Now, I know it varies. I know it varies Mm -hmm. depending on what kind of scene you're telling. But I think overall, it's it's really about the character. So before I can figure out lighting, before I can consider color um, and how those things play a part in the narrative, I have to think about who the character is, where they are, and what they're doing, and kind of, like, get back to the roots of the script, I think. So if I have a scene, say, where a character is um, feeling isolated or alone or trapped, I'm thinking about how can I put them in a space where they look closed in, or maybe they look like, um, with Learning Curve, we did these scenes where um, our main character, Sloane, was just tiny in this huge lecture hall. She was just being dwarfed by this, like, huge academic space that was just weighing on her. Mm. Um, so when I'm deciding how something's going to look, um, it's I'm thinking about where the character is and what this moment feels like to them and how to convey that on screen through their placement uh, in terms of framing. Yeah, Maybe I want to do, like, compositional tension, put them on the edge so they feel... Um, like off put if I, I want to think about what is the character feeling right now and then how do I translate that into a into a visual and I'm, I'm thinking about framing first and then lighting color um, uh, those more technical stuff that so so after. would you say that your writing mm-hmm. as well as your visual style are character driven absolutely because I absolutely. mean obviously I know there's some filmmakers who that isn't the case and so why mm. do you feel that your visuals, you know, not necessarily justifying it, but emotionally, what is it about yeah. character-driven filmmaking that uh, appeals to you? Well, I mean, like, as I did say, what what does appeal to me about film is how it's so effective in telling a story and just getting across what the filmmaker has to say, even if they don't know how they want to say it your mm-hmm. character not character what did, where did that come from <laughs> i misspoke <laughs> i don't even do know what you were trying to say <laughs> your character is the driver of your story this is this is so simple to say but your character is what is going to translate the filmmaker's message and carry it across to the audience so since that's what I really want to do in my films is, is say something, um, the only way for me to do that, uh, or the best way, is through my character. So I have to think about them being the driver of the script and them being the driver of the framing as well, um, and then just centering them is what is what keeps things going and and means that I get to I get to convey the message that that I want to convey. So, so would you say? that you feel as though the best way to convey a message is through a person within film? I wouldn't say necessarily through a person, but, like, it's, it's, it's not even like it's different, but through a character. And sometimes the character has less to do with the person and more about the surroundings or more about the content. I think, it, like, character and and person or like on-screen actor are kind of different this is also just me like no i, I, I think about film terms a lot i want i would love you to character, explain this distinction character to me isn't just like who the actor's playing character is this is why i talk about like films being you know little pocket realities character is everything that surrounds 
the the persona it's everything that's happening to them it's it's all their interactions with other people uh it's the circumstances um it's the 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 time and the setting i think a lot more plays into character than um the the person themselves and what gets reflected excuse me what gets reflected through the person um so like uh, for me like a script that's character driven is is really big (laughs) it's so hard it's so hard to express what I want to say but um to answer your question um framing and visuals are centered around the character's relation to the the rest of the narrative and to the rest of the world that you're creating does that yes, does that answer that, your question no, that's exactly does that that's exactly answers your question? what i was hoping you would you would explain um okay you know, what, cool what it really means nice. to be character driven because i would assume yeah. i assumed you just meant you know like people um because mm-hmm. that's to me what that would mean is as someone who doesn't uh make film i do have another slightly different set of questions um okay because i know you're a big nice. fan of david lynch yes i am there's a very famously angry quote from him that you Mm -hmm. probably even you're probably i know what you're about to say (laughs) about um people watching films on their phones oh okay do you know what i'm talking about Uh, i actually don't i i thought you were going to say a different one so he's got many angry quotes he's a very passionate he has a few he Um, has a few (laughs) he talks about how if you've i obviously I, i don't remember it verbatim but the gist of it is that if you've watched a movie on your phone, you have not you seen, seen the it? movie. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. I agree with so that. So I would love to know um, how the medium of film for you impacts its reception. Like how important Ooh. where you are and how you get a film. How much should film be adjusting to the way people consume it? Or is it a mistake to adjust to the way people are currently consuming it overwhelmingly on phones i mean especially during the pandemic you know people weren't going I mean, to theaters and yeah they ha- you know people do have i understand TVs it like it is but... really effective you can mm-hmm. you can watch stuff on your phones but i think um like you know there's nothing wrong with it if you're watching something on your phone like i've done that you know it's okay um but i, I it kind of makes me sad because i just know how much goes into that frame and i just want to make it as big as possible like it's 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 just about space like i think you should let the movie that you're watching kind of take up space in just in terms of what you're looking at if you're looking at you know a movie on your phone 70 percent of what's actually going into your eyes is the periphery it's what's behind it it's your wall it's your bedside table it's it's your hand whatever and there's so much work that goes into the frame of everything, of every little, like, you know, sitcom, every every movie, every short film, um, that I think the most, like, effective way to watch movies is in movie theaters, because then it's so big that you're just getting to see everything that the, that the creative team put on screen for you. Um, but I, yeah, I think it, it really is about physical space for me, and less about, um, like, attention... Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think the, the, the downfall of adapting film to fit in your pocket is that you're missing out um, and just minimizing and, and making it smaller when in reality it has such a big physical presence that is is really awesome. Like, why would you want to make it smaller? Hmm. 
I mean smaller both physically and otherwise. <laughs> so so do you think that um, the experience of where you are when viewing a film is yes. just as much a part of the of seeing a film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, ju- just as much a part may, may be um, an exaggeration. I think, like, you might enjoy a movie the same way on... Uh, in a movie theater and in a, uh, you know, at your home. Um, but I do think it matters. I think I think when you're in a place to, like, receive what the, you know, what the movie's telling you, then you're probably going to take it a lot differently. Like, um, <laughs> here's a fun example. Um, I watched the Disney movie Soul with my roommates. Um, and at the time of watching it, I was just like, I had a lot of um, thoughts about, why we exist and i was considering like a lot of just like existential stuff at the time i don't know why it just it was it was crawling around my brain um and so when i watched it i just cried <laughs> i cried a lot and then the movie ended and i looked over at my roommates and they were just bone dry i was like that didn't that didn't impact you like what do you did that not that didn't hit you and they're like i guess i just don't really think about that kind of stuff so if you're not in a space to receive um, what the movie is 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 bringing to you, then you might not um, enjoy it as much, or you might experience it differently. So, yeah, where you are and what you're thinking about definitely like plays a role in in your reception of of movies. I think, at least as for me. Hmm. So, so do you yeah. think part of actually the um, the space and the way you view it is the mindset that comes along with it? Yeah, I I do, and not not all the time. Um. Obviously, there's exceptions to that, but sometimes your mindset will, you know, can either be an asset or it can be detrimental to to how you watch a movie. But, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's everybody enjoys movies how they see fit and how they're comfortable. And I think that's also one of the great things about movies is that it's it's not ephemeral. It sticks around. You can watch it, you know, a million times or maybe just once. Um and you can choose how you want to experience it. And so then you're going to experience it in a completely different way than someone else. And that's that's one of the cool things about it. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully that hopefully that answers your question. No, I, I think it I think it does. Um mm-hmm. and so I guess we're we're gonna begin to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, we're running out of time. <laughs> um It went by so fast. It did, it did. Um What's been on your mind about your own film process lately, though? I would like to know. What What do you think has been sort of something either you've mm-hmm. been working on because you think it's it's a weaker aspect of your process or just something that's grabbing your attention more than it has other times? Yeah, yeah, that's actually... I'm, I'm glad you asked that because um, I'm going to be... I mean, like I said at the beginning, I'm going to be making um, another, like, I'm going to be directing another narrative film um, in the win- in the winter of this upcoming academic year, um, which is really exciting. And I'm, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity. And I'm also a little bit nervous. Um, and I'm kind of aware that the script that I wrote isn't terribly original. And I, I think I'm just worried about um, making something that's unique. And I worry about um, expressing myself adequately enough because that's something that matters to me so much. Like, I love it when you can go and see a movie and, and see how it's different than than others and see how it reflects um, 
like really the team it reflects the creative team and it, it it shows you something um so I think I'm just I'm just I'm really wanting to make something that's impactful and and unique and, and not on a huge scale but just something that 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 is its own thing and so I'm just worried about really making my voice carry. That's what I'm. That is what I'm worried about. So I'm going to be working really hard on on getting this script um, into the shape that it needs to be in. And I'm kind of trying to think outside the box a little bit more and challenge myself and try something that um, I haven't tried before. I'm thinking about trying new um, cinematic techniques, cinematography techniques, uh, new staging techniques. I'm thinking about who I want to cast. Um, and I'm just gonna experiment a little bit and, um, try to make something that's a little different than my usual style, but still, um, still me, still uniquely mine. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely understand. <laughs> I'm scared of shit. <laughs> many, I mean, many, I think many artists Nervous have to contend all. with trying to, you know, find their voice while also trying to expand yeah, their voice. I think people That's definitely what definitely I'm working on. I think we'll, we'll probably touch there. on that more when we talk um, about art school. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh just, you know, uh, right now I think part of it is um you know, when you try something new and someone goes, "Oh, but that isn't naturally what you wanted to do. Are you denying your voice?" I mean, I don't think so. It, we don't always No, nah, you just got to try like it out. Learning a new word. You know, it isn't the mm-hmm. word that's part of your vocabulary it doesn't mean you can't add it. But, you know, when someone has just learned a new word and they haven't quite figured out how to work it into their speech, it's awkward. It's re- yes. and, you know, But they keep trying to use it because they know they have a good use for it and they know it's a really good word. Is that how you like felt it. the first time you used the word bastardization? <laughs> no, I was very confident the first time I said bastardization. Oh, good. But I'm I was, glad. I mean, I was a kid that used to read the dictionary every once in a while and try and... Um, you cutie. I uh, I think some people probably can guess that actually. Um, I I would misuse words all the time trying to learn how to use them. Um, <laughs> and now I you know now I use some less common words, um, uncommon even. Yeah, great job there talking about my wonderful vocabulary and saying less common. <laughs> I've I've but used I, some some you know, not so used. I use some uncommon words, but I I try and make them as natural, but. It isn't, you know, not actually part of my vocabulary because I learned it and tried it out until it worked. So that's definitely a difficult thing, though, with art is that you want to add something to your vocabulary. But it also when is it better to just speak plainly? When is it better to just say it the way you wanted to say it in the first place? It's a tightrope walk for sure. Yeah, and it's especially with film, like, do you want to go the simple route or do you want to try something new and have the potential for it maybe not to work out? And and, I mean, like the great part about film school, and we'll talk more about this in the next episode, um, is that you get a lot of like creative freedom. You get you have the, the room and the space to try new things, because here's the thing. I've seen a million movies, but I've only really made a few. I am like a beginner, a beginner, like I'm such a beginner. So... I, I have lots of time to to figure out my my visual style and my writing style and I'm gonna try to like push it a little bit and and really try to figure it out and the only way I can figure it out is, is by making movies so that's what I'm gonna be doing in the winter so stay tuned for that <laughs> if it if it bites me in the ass hey I gave it my best shot I'm gonna try and um, switch it up a little bit mm. you know what I mean I yeah. do yeah. Okay, real quick before we go, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I can never answer this question. <laughs> I really, I think probably, 
the movie. I, That's an evil laugh, by the way. Well, there were there are two. I mean, there's a documentary that I used to watch all the time. Um, called it might mm. get loud, but it was about music. Um, oh, I think you've told me about that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but probably the movie good. that like I think about most, just in terms of like when I saw something and thought, oh my god, I didn't know you could do this. Uh, was Moonlight easily? Oh, uh, yeah. just um yep that's a big one i didn't i didn't know you could make films like that and i know that part of that neither did just, i that's why i loved it so much i mean part of that was just my inexperience with you know um film but i was just uh, no 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 was, don't undercut it like it really, if it struck you it struck you yeah i um yeah no that would probably be my the closest thing i have to a favorite movie i'm actually not great at watching movies i um surprisingly neither am i that's not one of the things i do a lot um i have you know friends and family who watch a lot of movies but i um i don't i really don't it's 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 rare i watch a tv show or a movie um i don't know why just watch the ones that i recommend to you i really but i miss i miss movie theaters though because it got me me to watch a movie and it was a social because it's an actual experience. Yeah. You actually went out and did it. Yeah, yeah. I really miss movie um, theaters. When they open, can we go? To uh, I, I don't know that they're open yet. They might be. No, um, no. But when when they're opening? Yeah, when they're opening. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go see something. Yeah. I, I used to go to movies also just to get the popcorn, as well. Oh, that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, it's so damn good. But it would get me into movies, and then I would watch one. I, every time I see a movie, I'm always glad I watched it. Almost always. Yeah, me Sometimes. too. Uh, Except for when I went to go see like Nomeo and Juliet as a kid. That doesn't, that doesn't count. The only good movie, actually. Sorry, I'm going to take it back. My favorite Sorry, movie Paddington too. <laughs> is Nomeo and Juliet to <laughs> Sherlock Gnomes. Um, Sherlock Gnomes. I was just about to say, was it the second one or the first one? I'm getting the because entire script. Because they had money to make a second one. Tattooed on my body. Um, oh, in, in script? With a little gnome on the bottom? Yes. I'm getting the, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I thought you might be. Um... And I'll come with. I'm going to get a face tattoo of Sherlock Gnomes because nice. I have problems and issues. Yeah, I'll get the whole script to Hoodwink too, and um, we'll just get the same art- artist, same tattoo Perfect. artist. And we'll, we'll and all in one day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The pain, no pain will no be unimaginable, <laughs> but it will be worth but it. But it'll be so worth it. <laughs> uh, we're fun. <laughs> so fun. All the time. So fun. Oh, well, my I don't I have a a couple of favorite films, but the one that I always answer because it's just like my favorite of all time is Ex Machina. Alec Garland's Ex Machina. It's so good and it's my favorite. That's all I I could I could go on about it for hours, but I we won't do that cuz we're running out of time. Um it's like literally my favorite movie ever. <laughs> it just is I I could watch it a million times and never get sick of it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for chatting with me about film. I am very excited for our next episode when we will discuss art school experiences. I know we will both have a lot to say. Um, And before we head out, I want to mention that we have a TikTok. We finally gave in and made a TikTok. Um, Our TikTok handle is at ItWillMakeSensePod. We have a couple of uh, little introductory uploads up there right now. Um, And if you're ever looking just to check out all of our socials in one spot, the best place to go is to our Instagram, also at ItWillMakeSensePod. There's a link tree in there, links to our website, our Red Circle, um, and we just love it when you guys support us. And if you want to check out our TikTok, 
that would be great. We'll be putting more stuff on there very soon. Um, and that's my TikTok promo. <laughs> I, I didn't even know you were going to do that. There you go. Surprise. You go. I did it. <laughs> it was lovely talking to you about film, Goose. It was lovely talking to you about film. I'm glad. I'm, I'm so glad we had this talk. <laughs> and I love you. We'll talk love soon. You too. Goodbye. Bye.